0: Oh, beautiful women rise priestess rise and welcome welcome to the temple podcast i'm kasha i'm here to facilitate the conversations that we're all bursting to share and i'm here to hold that space for everybody who's going through this big awakening as a woman in this world This is the place where priestesses come to priestess and the sisterhood is absolute. I welcome all conversations of magic, divinity, sacred feminine, goddess work, priestess work, just embodiment of motherhood, maidenhood, cronehood. This is that place where we go to the temple and we sit together and we speak, we hold, we cry, we release, we laugh. attunement is for you. Thank you for joining us. Let's begin.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Temple Podcast. I am your host Kasha Diana and I am extra extra excited today. I am here with <laughs> Dick Mira Gomez, my sister, uh, legit blood sister, sister from the same mom. We are Yeah, we're a pair for sure. So I'm super excited to have my sister, Mara Gomez here. She is of Thrive with Dagmara. She is a breathwork, meditation, inner work, and mindset work mentor. Her passion is working with women, supporting them, and helping them step into their power to become the best versions of themselves. She's an activator, a queen of her home and business, a bringer of light, and she inspires others to do the same. Hi, I'm so excited you're here. <laughs> Hi, I can't believe it's finally happening. Aloha. Yeah, aloha. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So, um, before we begin, maybe you can kind of give people an introduction to who you are, um, how you came, how you came upon this work, and um, maybe just anything that flows from from there.
2: Absolutely. Hi. First of all, thank you so much for having me on. I'm so honored that you Mm. asked me to be on your podcast. Um, so originally I was, uh, a corporate entrepreneur and I did that for over 20 years. I'm a mom of three boys who I homeschool and have been doing so for 13 plus years. Um, And at the same time, since 2000, I have always done breathwork and meditation. And that has been such a foundation, um, such a grounding, calming, stabilizing force in my life. And that has always been the undertone while I um, ran uh, three different businesses, okay, which were very, very successful. But what happened was I burnt out from that. Um, and during COVID, what happened was we were homebound a lot more like many families and I was meditating a lot more. And what started happening, the more I meditated, the more a specific message started coming through. And that message was teach women, focus on women, focus on moms, create a shorter breath, breath, uh, breath work and meditation practice for them, a five to seven meditate, uh, five to seven minute meditation practice for them. Mm. And I would, yeah. And I was so surprised to hear that. And every day I would sit down and the same message would come through. And the reason I was so surprised is because I was not accustomed to channeling and receiving messages at the time. I did not realize that I had the gift to channel and, um, and to download messages. So I decided to pursue that and that's what I did and the rest is history. <laughs> that's how thrive yeah that's how
1: thrive with Big Mara was born. <laughs> it's such a beautiful story and and watching this progress and watching this shift and this change it's I mean it's innate being a woman it's innate to have these gifts and so having the time to actually go in and and just tap in it's it's beautiful it's been so beautiful. Um, and you've been a big activator, just <laughs> you've been a big <laughs> activator in general, just in, in my life. Like you're the first person who introduced me to, to meditation and yoga. And I was young, I was, I was 12 and that's where my story starts. And I share that with everybody, you know, that you were taking me to ashrams to sit with guru and meditate with lots of people. And just, I was open to those energies so early in my life and it gave me a practice. It gave me tools as I moved through you know, a tumultuous childhood and, and coming into myself as, as a woman. So you're definitely an activator. You're an amazing teacher. And I'm so excited that this life work that you're doing is just, it's you. It's fulfilling and it's beautiful and it's sexy and it's graceful. And it's just such an honor. Yeah, it's such an honor. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. As we move into you know the temple and the priestesshood and different different questions regarding governing and stewarding um, would you
2: talk a little bit about what priestesshood you've been called to absolutely so i've definitely been called into the priestesshood of breathwork and meditation
3: mm-hmm.
2: and those two modalities as a vehicle for women to step into their power So my story started with me wanting to learn how to meditate. And I would sit down to meditate and it did not work. It Hmm. did not work for me. And then I discovered breath work. And for me, breath work is everything. Breath work is the vehicle by which within just a couple of minutes, I am able to move into a meditative state. And it is so powerful, so potent, so magical. And at the same time, so, so simple. Mm-hmm. So so simple, and it is the place from which I move every single day. Okay, it is my way to calm, to ground, to center, and this is what um, I love doing with you know with all women. That's that's my life's work.
1: I remember in uh, the course "Stepping Into Your Power," how transformative it is to see everybody at the beginning and during and after and the end. And, and I feel the same way in my work when, you know, the client that starts with me is not the client that ends. And it's just so beautiful how something so simple as breath work or meditation, or just, it it really is a simple practice. It's completely accessible to everyone, right? Like we all breathe, (laughs) it's, it's, it's there. And then just learning the different ways to breathe and how that brings More life, more prana, more energy into our bodies, right? Many people aren't even breathing correctly or enough. You know, it's like they're breathing with just the top half of their body versus the diaphragm, which actually surrounds the whole body, right? The whole rib cage—it's the front, the sides, and the back. So, breath is absolutely—it's the
2: beginning, right? Breath is life. Mm -hmm, Breath, you know, breath is breath is the vehicle for mana, for prana, for energy. Mm -hmm. And really, that's what makes us magnetic, right?
3: Mm.
2: Yeah, it's so, it's, it's so crucial. And I don't think it's something that we don't necessarily, we're either not aware of it, or we just, we don't make time for it. We don't connect the dots. We don't realize that. You know, so many of us, we really, what we want is we want love. We want to be magnetic. We mm. want to thrive. And yet we don't understand that it all starts with the breath. It all starts with mana, with prana, with energy hmm It
1: really does. I mean, it's the first thing we do when we come here, right? To this earth realm. When we breathe.
2: It's the and it's
1: the last thing we do as we mm-hmm. move. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. Watching someone with their last breath is really a humbling process. Yeah. Same with watching someone come in and take their first. It's yeah, that's where life begins.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, so when we talk about realms on my podcast. These are places that exist in this timeline. They exist in other directions of time and space. They are, you know, physical, they are ethereal, they're emotional, intellectual. They're, they're all sorts of places. Realms to me are these magical destinations that our mind can take us to, our bodies visit. You know, we have the physical realm. We have, you know, this 3D plane. We have intellectual realms of different um you know, maybe uh, liturgies or different uh, intellectual realms of advocacy, or maybe just different information that we enjoy downloading, or social cues and, and places that we we just take ourselves, right? So when I talk about realms, it's a huge, huge I don't know what the word is. It's a huge, huge place a realm is is, it can be anything really um so when I asked you about realms you gave me some really awesome awesome answers and I was just hoping you could touch on those a little bit so that people can get to know you on a deeper level and kind of meet you in your realm because we all embody different so many it's a vast expanse right so which which ones are you governing and
2: stewarding over? Definitely beauty, sensuality, and love
3: mm-hmm.
2: Um, mm-hmm. within myself, within, you know, calling and inviting and inspiring others to do the same, and also beauty, sensuality, and love within the, within the home, within mm-hmm. the, the physical home itself, and also within the emotional and spiritual realms of our home,
3: mm-hmm. within
2: my children, within my husband. Um, And that is, you know, it's the duality of that with, you know, being a goddess by day flowing with grace and love, you know, flowing between homeschooling my three children, preparing meals, managing the home, and also working on, you know, in my studio, which is attached to the back of my house, it's my back lanai, as I, you know, govern my business and all of that it's the duality of that in contrast with the courtesan by night it's Mm -hmm. that sensual it's that sensual I mean we're all sensual beings we live Mm -hmm. life through the senses I think Uh sensuality the word sensuality I think a lot of we've been conditioned to be afraid of that word Uh you know Uh but there's really no need to be and I think that really as women leaning into our sensuality is what is required in order for us to have a sexy, juicy, thriving marriage and sex life. And I think it's a part, it's something that piece down when we are um, overworked. Mm -hmm. exhausted, (laughs) Mm -hmm. tired, you know, Mm -hmm. pushed to our limits within our marriage, within our um, parenthood. But I definitely think that that's something that's required and not just required, I think well, maybe required and needed and just, I don't know, something to look forward to definitely with our partners. It's something that makes the relationship between ourselves and our partners, our spouses so special and unique and I think it's something that should be looked forward to and celebrated and not dreaded
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. sensuality to me is is staying in the present moment which is a big part of of intimacy which is a big part of enjoying pleasure and life whether it's food or flowers or sex or clothing or what whatever it is that brings you pleasure right it's it's being in the Mm -hmm. present moment and enjoying it Maybe it's silk on your skin. Maybe it's, you know, your partner's breath on your neck. Like it, it can be anything. It can be the flow of your hair. Yeah, sensuality is, is I think, the
2: key to stepping into your, your feminine.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: It definitely is because it's really, it's really allowing yourself, giving yourself permission to slow Slow down, just slow down and really lean into and embody your feminine essence.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And it's moving out of the head and into the, body, into the body, literally, yeah, into the body, feeling into the body,
1: yeah. <laughs> truly, which is yeah. a work of art in itself, isn't
2: it? Yes, yeah, definitely.
3: Well, life I like students.
4: <laughs> it, doesn't,
1: it doesn't really ever stop. No. 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 Yeah. No, I would say that those are definitely your realms. Like you are just a gorgeous person. You are beautiful inside and out. You are so loving. You're definitely sensual. And I love when I come visit your home you are definitely a courtesan by night. Like I love the vibe in your house at night, just as much I love the vibe in your house during the day. It's like during the day we get shit done, but it's fun and it's flowy and it's like, it's just exciting. It's wonderful. It's easy. It's graceful. And then at night, it's like, it's, it's like candlelight and sexy and like comfy yes. and nice blankets yeah. and like, let's cozy up together. Yes. And I, I just, I love, I love spending that time with you, um, at all times, but definitely like the courtesan by night. And I think many women can relate to that. Um, mm-hmm. there's the, there's this book, I think it's called the way of the courtesan. Um, oops, come back here. headphone. um, yeah, I think it's called the way of the courtesan. And it talks about it's like written by uh, am I pronouncing it right? Is it courtesan or court, courtesan? Or I don't know. Courtesan? I think it's courtesan. No, I think you're courtesan. saying it right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it's written by courtesans from a different time. And it talks about the different education that they had, or the different experiences that they had that made them like eligible or that made other men um want to be with them. So it was like courtesans were actually the only women who knew how to play music. Courtesans were actually the only women who knew how to paint and who knew how to read because it was like it was um not legit. It was it was just okay, I guess, cuz now it's kind of looked down upon maybe in some places mm-hmm. like polyamory, but being with other women for pleasure was a thing you did everyone had a mistress because that woman helped the man bring more Mm -hmm. to the family so it was like the courtesan Mm -hmm. had this expansive knowledge of music Mm -hmm. and literature Mm -hmm. and body and just everything and so Mm -hmm. it was kind of like she was the gateway to opening up Mm -hmm. the sensuality Mm -hmm. for the man so that he could bring that Mm -hmm. level of consciousness back to his home and and further exactly, and further mm-hmm. elevate the consciousness of the people in the family. So I think that is just such, whoops, such a beautiful, these headphones are just a ruckus for me. I'm too, I talk with my hands. Um, <laughs> these, <and> the, the, <laughs> the um, oh man, I love you. The, uh, the courtesan image, I think so many women can relate to, but are almost not allowed or are, are, are not given themselves permission. So thank you for, for bringing that into this space, because I hope everyone that is listening, every woman that is here right now is just like, yup, I can relate to that. I'm the mood setter in my home and like, oh uh, yeah. Right.
3: Yeah.
2: Yes. Yes, definitely, definitely, definitely. And this is why my work, my energy is so focused on women, why it's so focused on the mother within the home, because the mother sets the mood for the home. Mm -hmm. She definitely sets the mood for the home. It's not that her presence or her mood or her as a being or an entity in the home is is more important than anybody else's it's not that it's It's not not that we all need to no it's not we're not coming from a place of you know the mother is not the princess she is the queen you know that and there's a huge difference between the two um yeah and you know and it's interesting because I think you know the courtesan you know, when I think of the courtesan, I think of her as the entertainer. Uh I think much like the geisha within the Japanese culture, it's not, it's not first and foremost about sex and sexuality. It's about, it's about sensuality. It's about, um, it's about connect. It's it's about enjoyment. It's like you said, uh-huh. it's about coming back to the present moment. It's about slowing down. It's, it's about enjoyment and entertainment in the evening. And that is held in this beautiful duality too. And it balances out the, the, the day, the, the daytime life of the uh-huh. home, uh-huh. because like you said, the daytime Life of the home can be a little bit more busy, a little bit louder, and mm-hmm. which is still also really beautiful and valid. And yeah, and it's, you know, it's interesting because one thing that I do, like one of the baby step, steps within my work, and this I actually don't necessarily teach anymore. I actually, I used to, but now I've turned it into a free module that anyone's welcome to, um, to have access to on my website. Um, Mm. it's called the outer work because, um, the, the, and the outer work really, what I talk about is setting up your home to create space for you to really do the things that you love, because Mm -hmm. you're the one that actually pointed out to me that, um, oftentimes when you would recommend my programs to, um, to the women that, you know, whether it's friends or, or, you know, people within your circles, um often moms would say to you, you know, breath work or meditation. Oh, I just don't have time for that.
3: Mm-hmm, and the mm-hmm. truth
2: is that we, it, we can all make time for it because in a way you can't, you can't afford. afford to not take care of yourself first because you are the mood setter for the home. So if you can get a, yourself in order, yeah. uh-huh. if you can get your house in order, Mm -hmm. Then everything else will flow. And so that's where the outer work that I talk about. Yeah. The outer work I talk about, you know, get set things on autopilot, whether it's figure, you know, get on board with a capsule wardrobe, figure that out. Mm -hmm. So that's no longer occupying space in your Mm -hmm. head, you know, um, Have a smaller wardrobe to manage for yourself and the rest of your family. Get your, you know, get your house in order, get your laundry in order, get your food in order.
1: Game changer, game changer, game changer. I have so much less laundry to do. I mean, I'm in postpartum, so my baby kind of produces a little more laundry than usual. But telling you, all of you listening, do a capsule wardrobe, get it down, because my whole family's laundry load is three. Three loads of laundry. It's it, and then like sometimes we do our sheets, right? And that's the fourth laundry, or towels, or whatever. But like our clothing, winter, summer, spring, fall, three loads. That's it. That's it. It's life changing because then you have time. You're not just doing work all the time. You have space to be creative and focus on other things. Mm
2: -hmm. Because housework, house management can be so extremely drying and Mm -hmm. mind numbing in a way Mm -hmm. and I think that's where that's the start of the burnout for women between that if if your house your housework can become your entire life Mm -hmm. and if you let it become your entire life I think you'll I I think you'll you you can become resentful you can Mm -hmm. start becoming resentful and knowing and feeling that is for it there's definitely space
1: for there has to be space for it because when you give it space then you are in a better place and so is the rest of your family right like for example That's today it. I my husband was very very tired he always gets up with the children like 99% gets up with Blythe and I can sleep chill nurse and get up slowly and he was really really tired and I was like you know what like you, you look like you could use a nap. Okay. Go have a nap. went downstairs with everybody. Didn't meditate and shit hit the (laughs) fan.
2: Oh my gosh. Right? Like I had a dime for every time. One of my students told me that it's like the
1: moms, the moms losing their shit. And I'm like, okay, it's not really my style. I'm a mindful, gentle parent. I, I work with respect with my, with my children. We work with co-communication, you know, we do EC. So my children are very, very like used to having their cues understood and met. And we work from a place of like mutual understanding, like you're growing and I'm teaching you how to regulate by regulating myself, like anyways. So was I fucking regulated this morning? No, because I missed my practice all because I wanted to just give my husband that space. And so he came down eventually and I was like, okay, like what I learned from this experience is like, you get to nap, but first I have to meditate because it gives me that space. Right. And it just, yeah, it gives you that space between whatever is going to happen and it's just non-negotiable in my household. Mm-hmm. Mom is going to meditate. My son's like, where's mom? Oh, she's meditating. It's really mm-hmm. cute listening to a two-year-old say meditate. And I love that, that wow. it's normalized in our home, you know? Um, yes. And the more children you have, I would argue the more necessary it is. I had a girlfriend say, well, like, I don't have, what did she say? She said, I don't have the support in the mornings with a toddler and an infant to do that. And I said, my sister does. <laughs> it's just yeah. kind of like in retrospect, I may, I could have been a little bit like gentler about it, but I was just like my sister's best because you have three boys and you've literally been That's meditating for what, 20, mm-hmm. 20 years now
2: it's non-negotiable 2022 because I started in 2000 and all of my kids were born Mm, after that okay after that so I've done the baby thing the nursing thing three times I'll (laughs) I'm I remember it being so important to me that I would like I joke I used to like vampire myself up in bed like Uh I I would be lying down sleeping and we would co-sleep with the babies or the baby would be in a, you know, uh, a pack and play right next to the bed. And if I'm, you know, if I, if I got out of bed, they would wake up. So I used to just sit <laughs> up. That's all I did. You can picture it, right? I would just like sit up, barely breathing and then start my breath work practice because it was that important to me it was that important to me it's not that it's not that oh it was that important to me it was that important to me to be in that beautiful state Space. and move from a place of grace i yes. just i love i love serving from that and moving from that place, because what happens is when you do this practice, I, I I teach this to my students is, when you do this practice, what happens is you create space. That's what uh-huh, this practice uh-huh. does. You create space. You create space between yourself and other people, between yourself and life, and between yourself and situations. And it's it's within that space that you are able to um, act and not react because. Right. We've all been there, like you're saying, you know, when you, um, when you don't have that space to process and to react and act, and instead you just snap and you react, then you end mm-hmm. up regretting it. And it actually, mm-hmm. I would argue that it takes more time than to go and to repair that relationship and put energy into mm-hmm. repairing that 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 situation and helping our children emotionally process that situation then if we would have taken the five to seven to eight to ten minutes to just work on ourselves first thing in the morning get ourselves in from that I have infinite patience when I'm centered and grounded we all do
1: that's it yeah that's Mm -hmm. it and there definitely there was a moment of having to repair today.
2: Yeah. And it's
1: yeah. I mean, I didn't really get that from my parents. There was no I'm sorry for the way I acted. I'm sorry for XYZ, right? There there were no apologies growing up. And so just mm-hmm. having that mutual respect with my children, I feel like that is is just a beautiful practice in itself is for them to be like oh okay I'm a human you're a human and it was just like we moved on because I owned it yes and then I was like so yes. mommy's
2: going to meditate and Vlad <laughs> so yes. was like okay, yeah, <laughs> <Bye."> yeah. <laughs> and definitely and definitely you know you know having giving ourselves grace you know we're uh-huh. human we're embodying a human body and yeah sometimes our humanness is messy and that's okay
3: okay. Mm -hmm.
2: well speaking of messy
1: um can you talk a little more about doing this kind of practice and having that level of commitment while raising children while nursing while running a business while homeschooling while 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 doing all the things um, and and the keys to that kind of success that is just accessible for every woman, you know, um,
2: can you can you open up that a little bit for us? Which part? The breath work, the practice part, or running the business while raising a family part?
1: I guess yeah. Those those would be two separate things. Two
3: um, t- mm, yeah. Sure. Yeah. So I
2: can. I, would Would you like me to talk on about both? Yes, please. Sure. Okay. So. I think I, you know, I started to touch on it a little bit with regards to, we all know what it's like when you don't, we know Mm -hmm. what life looks like when you don't. And just the benefits of having a practice because of how it changes your quality of life. So Mm -hmm. I feel like that is such a huge motivator for us to stick with it. Now, what I noticed because I started doing this practice in two thousand, and I jumped into teaching very quickly because it was just something that I absolutely um, res- it, it's just something that I resonated with it resonated with me. But what I noticed was that so the tradition that I was teaching with I taught with a huge non for profit and um, I studied with two traditions, and then I also learned about others. And time and time again, what I discovered was that it was a 20-minute practice that was recommended, whether it was meditation, whether it was breath work, whether it was breath work in combination with meditation, it was always a 20-minute practice that was taught. And what would happen is, time and time again, I noticed that especially women and especially in particular, moms were not able to sadly enough, keep up with the 20 minute practice on a daily basis. They just were not able to do it because it's recommended that you do it in the morning and they were just not able to. So, um, I've
1: heard that you're supposed to meditate twice a day too. Like it's like 20 minutes, twice a day, once in the morning, once in the afternoon for like a full yes or, or, or whatever and that
2: feels kind of unattainable <laughs> yes yeah, you're you're right with with the tm tradition which is the tradition that i studied with later on and also as part of my teacher training we were to meditate twice a day 20 20 minutes and then in addition to that there was like it was breathwork and meditation there was also um like yoga leading up to so you were in pra- practice for sometimes 30 minutes and it was interesting so all of that to say that the, a, a lot of women were just not able to, a lot of moms were not able to, um, it, it's like they were, they were being, it felt like maybe I'm overstating it, but it felt like they were, they felt like they were being, what they told me was they were, it, it almost felt like it was just unattainable and they were mm-hmm. being set up for failure before they even started. Mm-hmm. For self-care. So, <laughs> care,
3: <laughs> for self-care, oh, right? Exactly. <laughs>
2: so... It was when I, when I went deeper in my, in, in my studies, what I found out was that there is a particular, there's a specific reason for the 20 minutes. The reason for the 20 minutes is because when they did studies, when they studied meditation and the benefits of meditation, what they discovered was that meditating for longer than 20 minutes did not have any added benefit. So it's not. Do you see what I'm? Do you see what I'm getting at? So it's the opposite of what we think in a way, because it's not that. Oh, you need to. It's not that you need to meditate for twenty minutes in order to be recognize to to reap and and recognize the benefits of it. No, it's just that if you meditated for longer than twenty minutes, you wouldn't get any more out of it.
3: Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm.
2: So so that doesn't mean that if you did this practice for five to ten minutes that you wouldn't be able to center and ground yourself and and benefit from that.
3: Mm-hmm. Now.
2: Now the so that's why when the download came through for me to create a shorter breath work and meditation practice for women, it totally made sense. It totally made sense. And it was after I'd created this practice. So the practice that I teach takes five to seven to eight minutes, depending on how long you in a way want it to take. Um after I had created that practice, and after I had been teaching it for probably about, I don't remember, six months to a year, because now we're about, I think, two, two and a half years in, but back then, it was shortly thereafter that I read an article put out by the TM, the, trans, the TM.org organization, Transcendental Meditation Organization, that said that if you are not able to meditate for 20 minutes, do it for a shorter period of time, like 10 minutes. And I loved reading that article because it was just such confirmation for me and validation that what I was doing, other, uh, other, these huge organizations were jumping on board as well. So validating that that,
1: way, right? It's validating the download you get and you're like, oh, okay, mm -hmm, I'm going to try this out. mm -hmm, And it is just mm -hmm. as activating. Mm -hmm. I can, I can confirm just even doing Mm -hmm. five minutes. Someday my practice is five. If I have
2: longer, it's, it's longer. Um, but sometime is better than no time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I teach, you know, within my program and I'll share it here within my program. I teach women, you know, very specifically, you know, how do you make this happen with children? So these are some of the tips that I will share here that I teach in my course is one, get a meditation timer. Uh Okay. Two, get noise canceling headphones, they can be electronic or or not even non-electronic, right? Like you can even do earplugs, right? Then what you do is you set up your meditation timer and you start off slow and you teach, you train your children, you get them used to it. So this is what I tell them, okay? I tell them that meditation is kind of like sleeping for a mom, right? And you obviously, you adjust your, you adjust your explanation to the age and maturity of the child. But if you're uh-huh. working with younger children, I mean, if you're working with babies, you wanna make sure the baby's safe. So if you can do it before they wake up, which is ideal, or really ideal is, I, the best time to do it's first thing in the morning. But if you can't, then you do it when baby's napping, right? You know, Cash, a quiet hour is sacred in my house, uh-huh. or it was when the children were little. So that's when you do it, right? And as they get older, what you can teach them, you know, is, or if it's a toddler, you can set them up with, a, it depends on the child, you know, you can set them up with a snack, you can set them up with a book, it, it really depends, as I said, on how active your children are, right? If you are okay with, Screen times, maybe that's the time for you to put on you know, screen time for the child and then you go do your thing. But that's why I also keep it five to seven to eight minutes Uh because it's doable. Uh Then the next thing I teach the children is that meditation is kind of like sleeping. So you don't want to wake mom up because if you wake me up, I have to start all over. And they definitely don't (laughs) want to wake you up. (laughs) You see. Uh Uh Right. So then I set up the timer and the, the, I work with a meditation timer for myself, but I'm also doing it for the benefit of the child. And what I do is I lay it on the floor and they're allowed to come out quietly. If they feel it's taking too long, they can tiptoe out, look at it, but do not touch me and do not wake me up. So I will hear little feet, you know, coming Mm -hmm. out and peeking to see how much longer and they know not to touch mom. And sometimes I can hear them going, Oh, (laughs) because (laughs) because I meditate because oh she just started Uh, (laughs) right because when I have the time I will set mine to like 20 minutes so it's a little bit longer for them and it feels like 20 minutes can feel like an eternity to an eight-year-old you know especially (laughs) when they when they want something Right. So, um, yes, yeah, those so are great, great tips. Yeah. Well, thank you. So that's, you know, that's kind of, I hope that that speaks. I hope that answers the, you mm-hmm. know, the, you know, how do you, how do you, and this is what I will tell you, this is, you know, even Carlos. says To this practice and this knowledge, because, and I feel the same way because it really, when you create space for this, I feel what, like what happens and this is, it's so energetic. But what happens is when you do this practice, it really, it, it, I don't know what it is, but it just makes your life flow. It really, really, really just makes your life flow. And I find that this has allowed our family life to just be for the most part, for the most part, honestly, it's just allowed it to be easy Uh easy we have great relationships with our kids like there isn't you know we've moved through all the different stages of parenthood we have my oldest will be a senior next year. He's, he's, you know, we're looking at colleges together. Now he has a girlfriend for the first time. And so I feel like we've moved through all these different stages and Mm -hmm. we've been able to do it with ease. And it's not all ice cream and bubble gum. We've had to deal, Kasha, you know that, I mean, well, obviously, you know, your stories, my story, our stories are very similar. We've had to deal with some extremely, extremely heavy and difficult subjects within our family. And Mm -hmm we've been able to do it with grace. So Uh I think when you ask me, what is my motivator? That is my Uh motivator. That is my motivator. Now to move on to the business part, you know, how do you, I don't even know how to answer that question. What do you want me to talk about as far as business? Because Thrive with Dignara is my fourth business. And as you know, I mean, the success of the other businesses have been absolutely lucrative. It also came with, a price, but it was lucrative. It's what set us up for financial freedom, financial success. You know, mm-hmm. uh, like
3: yeah. You know, what, what would
2: you?
1: I think what was coming through from me, and what I'm hoping other women are looking to to hear and and have support in, is how how is that accessible? So meaning like <laughs> I remember, and you're the right person to ask this question because I remember asking you once. Um, like, I just, I don't want to give up my high heels, but I also just want to work in the dirt with my rain boots on my farm. And I was like really conflicted with this. This was many years ago. I think I was even with a different partner at the time. I was really just like, how do I how do I live my homesteading life but have the glamor that I so, so enjoy because I love shoes and blah, blah, blah. And you like sharp as an arrow, straight as an arrow, you just said to me, you can have it all. Like, why can't you? Like, I think you were actually genuinely confused. And you were like, why, why can't you have both?
2: (laughs) And I was like, that's how I feel right now. That's what I feel. That's kind of how I feel right now. I, you, you know, one thing that my husband says about me is he says, what I what I admire about you, or what I love about you, or what I'm surprised at about you, is he said you never feel like anything's too good for you or anything's out of reach. Mm-hmm. And again, it's not from this place of a princess where give me that. I want that. no, not that at all. But it's just everything, everything you desire is within your reach. And this mm-hmm. is why it's attainable. And this is why, because I feel that our desires are put. And this comes from Amanda Francis, you know, it's, uh, our desires are put on our heart by whoever you believe the higher power to be, whoever, whatever resonates for you, whether it's God, spirit, you, you know, angels, universe, mother earth, whatever energy you resonate with your spirit team, I believe that our desires are placed on our heart for a reason. And we live in a good, good world. We don't live Mm -hmm. in a pro world. world. So if those desires are placed on our heart for a reason, they're ours to have in this world. And I don't believe that we have to pick, we are multidimensional beings, Mm -hmm. you know? So why would we be, why would we be required to only pick one? Like for Mm -hmm. me, the imagery that comes to mind is Well, have multiple pairs of shoes, sis, have the high heels and have the rubber Crocs or the rubber boots, have the rubber boots for the garden. And and this is why I love living on Oahu. Like as far as Hawaii is concerned, in my mind, Oahu is the best island because I live out in the country and I go into my, I step into my herb garden and pick whatever, you know, pick my, you know, moringa, you know, if I want for my tea or for my smoothie and I can get dirty in the dirt or I go Mm. to the beach but then on Saturday nights, date night, date night, you know, is sacred in my house, I put on a key or whether it's, you know, um, Ko'olina or I mean, wherever, you know, in, you know, Honolulu, we, we head to town, you know, we get done up and we let that part of our being shine, you know, mm-hmm. and I have both, you know, I've I've got the the dressed up sexy and I know that those are also you know they're they're physical representations of what's going on inside and 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 that's probably something that you know you're you're kind of asking me to to speak to and I think that that's something that I really Mm -hmm. invite your listeners and and my clients and my students to really lean into is the multi-dimensionality of our being as women. Mm
4: -hmm. I think
2: that there is this tendency to want to just give up, like really lean into motherhood so heavily that we lose the other, we forget the other parts of us. And I tell you, you don't have to do that. I feel that there there is space and room for all of it. There is space for you to be a loving, devoted mother I think that um, there is space for you to be a loving wife. There's space for you to be an amazing cook. There is space for you to be a powerful entrepreneur, right? Like little old me, you know, you know my story. Mm -hmm. Little old me went from $40,000 in debt to, you know, multiple six figures, you know, creating seven figure net worth. Earning seven figures in in my prior business. You know, you get to have it all. It's just really connecting, sitting down, doing the breath work. (laughs) There it is. And the meditation, really connecting to feeling into your heart center, moving out of your head and into your heart and into your gut, and really getting clear on what is it that you so deeply desire and holding strong to that vision and just working on it every single day mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. giving
1: that space making space for all that good good stuff to just come definitely
3: mm-hmm.
1: and you embody that you live what you preach I have watched and witnessed so many different levels of growth in terms of Your business or your spirituality or your home watching your children it's just really really evident that this works (laughs) you're you're, like it it happens and it happens so well and easily for you so yeah no absolutely it's like a it's like an equation you know it's like to get x y and z you must meditate and breathe
2: and slow the fuck down (laughs) that's it enjoy that's your it. life enjoy. a little bit more that's it and if you're you know if you've got that old junk in your trunk you know if you've got old stuff that's creeping in do the inner work do the mindset work to get emotionally current you know uh-huh. practice. get to a place of a you know emotional intelligence emotional awareness be able to be in the present moment and not let that stuff cloud your present reality. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: It does come down to moving it and going with the flow. Life is such an ebb and a flow. And when you have, I find these tools are so, so helpful when things are a little more ebby and less flowy, you know, it's like, okay, uh, things are weird. Things are uncomfortable. Things are maybe shifting in my body, or my family needs more stability from me. And then just being able to go and do that and move it, or even just moving my family stuff, because I feel as the woman, as the as the mom, you kind of take on other people's shit. And it's like if you're an energy worker and you're listening, you get it. You can feel people's energy move through you. Um,
0: you know, and depending definitely, on your,
1: yeah, depending on your level of like expertise or shielding or even just the type of client um some of that stuff is easier to transmute some of it you don't even touch at all (laughs) you're like oh no thanks I'm just gonna help them (laughs) you know so (laughs) uh, um so each person is just so so different in how they're experiencing their world and so anyways as a mother I feel like you kind of bring some of that stuff in I mean maybe it's because they came from you so there's a tether I'm not sure of the, um, like the, the 5d aspect of it, but what I feel to be true is that we take the emotions and experiences of our family into ourselves. And we almost have to transmute it or, um, refigure it. And, and as I have very emotional children, I have a Pisces and Aquarius, um, and my husband's a Capricorn. I, and I'm a Scorpio Sag, (laughs) there's so much fire and water that happens in my home. It's like steamy and then things get put out because there's too much water or like things are just like so intense. And I love it. I love it. I love the way my family dynamics are playing out. I just do find that I'm transmuting a lot of them. So being able to have breath work and meditation, I'm helping other people move their shit in my family. And I'm, I'm creating that, accordance in our life. I'm creating that harmony in our life because I am, I'm a creatrix. I'm a vessel. I'm a woman. I, I make life and I, I nurture life. And so breathwork and meditation has been one of those beauty tools that I, it's a non-negotiable, like I use it every day. And if my son is having a difficult day, I meditate twice because he's extremely emotional. And, um, mm-hmm. And I help him move through that stuff. And so, like, he's even started taking on, I'm like, okay, if he gets frustrated, he's a two-year-old, I'm like, okay, take a breath. And he'll take a breath. I'm like, it's easier to think when we're calm. And so he knows to take a breath if he's frustrated with something. And I I watch him just do it by himself now without me cueing him to take a breath. And it's amazing how instantly his body, (sighs) I can do hard things, you know, Is he's able to have nice self-talk. So yeah, breathwork is a great tool as a mother for me to help my family. And it's also a help to model that kind of behavior. And I hope it gets passed on. And, and um, it really does create ease and grace and, and quite frankly, joy in our family. My husband started meditating. He's more of a movement meditator. He can't really, he's tried the sitting, he's tried the different like he's tried he's tried different kinds of like kundalini um, breath work he Mm -hmm. needs movement he needs to move his body to meditate so whether it's like a kata or like um, shadow boxing or going outside and walking and communing with nature and talking with the the earth and the trees that is one way that he uses his breath and his mind to to clear and connect and ground and um, yeah breath work and meditation is is the key i feel
2: it really is that's perfect yeah i love that but he can do it in a way that works for him Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. i was always i always thought it was a stillness thing but i'm very kafa like i'm very good at being still i'm very good at Mm -hmm. you know staying Mm -hmm. in one spot i love to read i love to play music i don't necessarily crave movement
3: to balance Mm -hmm. that out no some yoga
2: no go ahead Oh, sorry. Some yogic traditions, that's actually what they offer to um to children that they don't even teach children um, sitting meditation at all. that they start with mo- like meditation and movement, meditation oh, and motion. is that's what beautiful. they call it. Mm-hmm, absolutely. so there is there is so much value to that, so much value to that. Mm-hmm.
1: This is a little bit of a tangent on your on your mm-hmm. work, but, you've been immersed in that world for so long. So do you have any information on um, teaching children meditation or what that would look like in the family? Um, maybe some moms are interested in, in doing it as like a family endeavor or, or just introducing their children to it because there's so many sensitive souls coming in right now. Holy guacamole there are so many sensitive amazing crystalline children like we're beyond indigo everybody like we are like even almost past the rainbow like we have crystalline hardcore psychic people that are coming in of like these super high magical vibrations and it would just be such an honor to be able to pass that on to them so mm-hmm. is there is there anything you have mm-hmm. In your
2: pockets to, to kind of share to other moms and other women about this so a, a couple of different things I would you know if meditation in motion feels right to you then I would maybe you know look at that um you know, animal yoga for kids is always one, but I don't feel that's that's what you're asking. (laughs) Mm. But I feel like what you're, but what you're asked, if you're asking about medit, you know, this is what I will say about meditation for children, two things. One, the meditation, the meditative practice that I have created, it is, I would say, hundred, mostly or a hundred, somewhere between mostly and a hundred percent child friendly. Like I teach it to my kids and my kids use it and they even, and I don't push it on them. I've got three children with three completely different personalities. One of them Mm -hmm. tells me, you know, mom, I've been, I've been fairly stressed lately and I've been doing, you know, I've been doing the practice and I was, and I had no idea that he had, and I thought that was super sweet. That really kind of touched my heart. And then I have another one who's just like, he's like, no, that's a hard no for me. (laughs) <laughs> like he's like, you know, so they're, like, they're completely different. And it's, and that's, and that has nothing, that's, that's, there's nothing to that. It's just, it resonates with one and not the uh-huh, other. Uh-huh. My third one, the young one, what I will tell you is, I think in some ways, I think children, I think it's just like you said, the children that are coming into this, into this world right now, they're super special. They're just of a, they're just different. Let's just say they're just different. They're special. And, um, I feel like some of them are just natural meditators. You know, mm. I was walking, I was, this was uh, last summer. I was um, going to check on my son and I was walking up the street and I looked and he was sitting meditating under a tree mm. with his friend. Mm. And I asked them, what are you doing? And they were just, they're like, we're just meditating. Yeah, They were just, meditating, and I've never, and this is, this is my eight-year-old who at the time was mm-hmm. I'd never taught him meditation. Mm-hmm. And there was another time I remember um, I was meditating and I opened my eyes to see what he was. I opened my eyes from my meditation and I look and he was sitting there meditating next to me. And oh in his hands, he was holding two Bakugans, which are like spear shaped <laughs> toys. Oh. And I asked him what he was doing and he said he was trying to manifest like a, a new toy. <laughs>
3: you
2: know, so med- <laughs> I love that so, so
1: much.
3: Yeah.
2: So I think they just threw, I think in a way, the best thing, what, what I, what I teach, what I've learned is that when we do these practices, I start with the women, when we do these practices, when you sit down to do this practice, understand that you're not only doing it for yourself, you're doing it for your entire family. You're doing uh-huh. it for the way I learned it is you're doing it actually for center, seven generations into the future and seven generations into your past. Mm. you're healing, you're healing some, your lineage through it, and your children cannot help but be affected by it, even if they're not doing anything, just being in your mere presence, and this is something that I have witnessed personally, they are benefiting from it.
4: Mm
0: -hmm.
2: I
1: can, I can attest to that as well.
4: It's interesting that
1: that you picked the number seven, seven before, seven after, seven is, is, And the number that's been coming up a lot, actually. Yeah, yeah. I
2: didn't number. pick. I didn't. I didn't pick it. It was what was taught to me when I was studying at the ashram, because I mean, prior to having children, I spent, a, and even when they were little, we would spend a lot of time uh-huh. at ashrams. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, seven is that number of regeneration. They say every seven years, your cells have been completely renewed, and you are a different makeup of yourself mm-hmm. so
2: that makes sense is that that was actually one of the most healing <sighs> that was one of the most uh-huh. healing things that um somebody told me when I was healing from childhood sexual abuse uh-huh.
3: so I
2: remember I remember a, a teacher saying that to me you know that And it was actually something that he had heard from a guru who had said that to a woman who had been severely abused. And she came and was sitting at his feet, at the feet of the guru, and she was crying. And he said to her, he said, there's no need to cry. He said, the person that that happened to is a completely different person because our cells are being, you know, we regenerate, the, the physical body regenerates. Every seven years, so the person that that was done to is no longer here. That that is not you. And I, I mean, I understand, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And our soul is our soul is untouched by things like that, anyhow. Mm
1: -hmm. And right now, I think more than ever, there's this karmic release. There's this ascension into different levels of consciousness, and so it's it's a lot easier to to understand that frame of mind. You know that it is. A different person that it is you are a different person and, and these karmas are no longer so dense like they're very much if you want it to no longer be a part of your life or your story or your dna all you have to do is say i'm, I'm done that is no longer a part of me i'm a different person like it it's easier i'm finding in these yeah. new days in this in this new age In 2022 to be able to move past those things and really just let go of them like there's such a different level of Mm -hmm. consciousness
3: Mm -hmm.
2: I agree with you I'm seeing that personally um, especially in my one-on-one client work with people you know as I move as I as I work with them to release heavy the heavy stuff the heavy Mm -hmm. trauma it's It's easier it's not as
1: hard I remember a few years ago when I was doing anti-flow work it was like Mm -hmm. a lot of work. It was a lot. And I love you. I love all of you, all of my clients. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for trusting me. But remember what my motto was, all of you, I was like harsh. I had to tough love all of you. I had to beat the shit out of you. Like actually one, one time I had a session. And the ancestors told me, go outside right now and cut some cedar and bring it back inside and beat her, beat her belly. I was doing like a Mayan abdominal massage. I was like, seriously? And I was like, they want me to hit your belly. Are you okay with that? And she started laughing. She's like, they would say that, wouldn't they? (laughs) I was just like, I literally had to like beat it out of her, but like- Oh, no. And it's, and it's, that's the density. And I remember having to work so hard. And my motto with my clients used to be get to work, like, come on, get to work. All right. You've got that, like get to work. Mm -hmm. But now there's such Mm -hmm. a like lightness to, to all that stuff. Like, it's just so easy to just, it's like an escalator. You like start at the bottom, but then all of a sudden you're at the top and like a rainbow Mm -hmm. bridge or something. I don't know. Anyways, things are a lot, (laughs) a lot Mm -hmm. lighter now, a lot, easier to move through if you choose. So, so it's just a matter of choice. That's it. Doing the breath work, doing the meditation and just making a choice, right? It's like a beautiful, beautiful circle. Well, I have enjoyed this conversation immensely. It's been beautiful. Mm -hmm. Thank you so, so much. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're so radiant. You
2: are a work of art, sis. Thank you so much. Oh, you are as well. <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't. Oh, so lucky that we're sisters. Thank mm-hmm. you again for having me on. This has been so much fun. So oh, much fun. my pleasure. Mm-hmm. My pleasure. Nothing but the best. I, you <laughs> I'm off to dance class. All dance right. Class. <laughs> well, how can our beautiful women reach you and meet you? Where can they find you? That is super simple. You can find me at Thrive. So www.thrivs.com. Mm-hmm. And then Instagram is the same. It's Thrivs or on Facebook. I'm Digmar Gomez.
1: Beautiful. Well, Thank you, sisters. Thank you, priestesses. Thank you, goddesses. And thank you, thank you, thank you to all the beautiful women and listeners that have joined us today. Thank you to Dagmara. And I love you. I love you all. Thank you so much for joining us. Until next time.
3: Bye. Bye.